punch drunk. The punches weren't really necessary. Maybe they were super necessary. Episode 89 of the Punch Drunk Podcast, your favorite combat sport podcast hosted by two dudes who can't fight and know way less about fighting than they think they do. I'm your host, Lewis, and I'm joined by Croc Dundee, who's returned from his time in the wilderness. How you doing, mate? Is it good to be back amongst other human beings, civilization, back to a bit of technology and Wi-Fi to mush your brain? <laughs> no, it's fucking horrible. <laughs> Uh, I never want to leave that place when I go. Um, if I had to live a regular human's life there and have a job, I couldn't do it. But being there on holiday, it's one of my favourite things. Try and get there at least once a year, visit some fam. And yeah, it's always the perfect time of year because it's beautiful up there and it's freezing down here. So yeah, I already uh, miss being there. But uh, the lucky thing is I get to go to Shanghai next, uh, Shanghai, uh, Singapore next week. To uh, Freudian, Freudian slip, Freudian slip. <laughs> we'll um, we'll uh, swiftly circle past that and maybe come back to it a little bit later. Singapore, Adam, you're going to Singapore. <laughs> Singapore <clears throat> next week for the UFC fight night. Uh, Korean Zombie and Max Holloway are the main event, but we've also got. Junior Tafa fighting um, from the Aussie cohort. But, yeah, it should be good fun. Never been to Singapore. Very excited. Uh, also, in unrelated news, uh, and we didn't even talk about this, we have a Women's World Cup semi-final, England versus Australia, this week. Oh, oh really? They're playing each other? I didn't realise they'd be playing each other. Yeah, so Ooh. it's the biggest thing in the world at the moment, uh, mate, in case you didn't realise. Uh, Is it? Cup. Hey, yeah, right. Yeah, no, it is that that mass that absolutely massive event that's uh, that's going on that everyone's talking about. But uh, well, I was in a packed pub watching the penalty shootout. I don't know if you heard about the Australian team getting up in penalties. No, it was. A seven, it was. Yeah, I know. I did. I did hear about that. I did hear about that. So I think these uh, Matildas are going to single-handedly make the Women's World Cup huge again. You know, four years later, because the crowds have been insane. At this thing, the ball went in Australia. Been- I believe, yeah, I believe so. I had some some friends in in Brisbane who could been to a few games at Suncorp, and they, yeah, they said they said it was a uh, pretty much a full house every time. So yeah, it's 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 impressive to see the interest in the game, and you know that will only improve the the the, the quality of the product both internationally but also domestically as well, which is the key to the growth of the game in Australia for for the men and women. So I think a lot of people have probably been caught up in the hype and. Are actually understanding why people like football. A lot of people like, you know, especially if they watch AFL or, you know, not used to, you know, want to see a bit of contact or a high scoring affair, can understand how people can watch a game that ends with with one goal or even even no goals and then goes to penalty shootout. So yeah, it's definitely a good thing for the sport. You have to do it in a pub packed full of people while you're drinking beer. That's how that's how I get through ninety minutes of nil nil. So you get mo- through most things in life just just by solidly drinking your way through it. Uh, it's, it's called being Australian, mate. Yeah, there we go. That makes sense. That makes sense, uh, mate. So very exciting. You're heading off to uh, heading off to Singapore. How how long's the trip? Is it obviously it'll be shorter than Vegas? I should imagine. Uh, just a it's week. Yeah, Mo- no, Monday to Sunday, but oh, same thing. Yeah, but. Yeah, it's a short, much shorter flight. Obviously, eight hours from here, one flight, not yep. two. So, should be good. Hopefully, see a few sights. Unlike Vegas, there's not many sights to see unless you want to go to some fucking pool party or lose your life savings. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you! It has the Eiffel Tower there, which is just a sight to behold. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, I was actually staying inside the Empire State Building. Technically, I think. 
I mean, you basically went to New York and Vegas in 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 uh, in one trip. Magical. It's a magical place. Yeah, I didn't realize the uh, there were so many slot machines inside the Empire State. <laughs> just Sergey Pavlovich was was so, <laughs> Sergey Pavlovich was there the whole time, just thumping all of his performance bonuses into a fruity, cranking hoons, chain smoking. Sergey, you need to get back in the gym when I win. Yeah, imagine his manager or someone to be like, Sergey, you've got to get off now. This is this is getting dangerous. Like, who the fuck is going to get Sergey Pavlovich off of off a slot machine? Certainly not uh, casino security. <laughs> yeah, maybe John Jones. That's about it. John Jones and Tom Aspinall together. They're going to work in tandem. <laughs> oh fuck that! Oh shit! Man, I can't wait to see him fight again. <laughs> He's terrifying. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Um. <laughs> Wait, mate, we got to... Bam, bam. Oh. Sorry to cut you off. No, 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 go, go ahead. I, 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 it was I, a quote I saw like on Instagram. It was obviously from a podcast or something. Bam Bam basically said, he's like, I wanted to get the first punch in, fighting Pavlovich, obviously. I wanted to get the first punch in, and he got the first punch in. And straight after that, I knew I was fucked. <laughs> <laughs> it's like direct quote. <laughs> <laughs> and he said to... um. He said to the the Minister of Sport in New South Wales, um, he was asking him who he's fighting. He's obviously fighting um, Volkov, who's also Russian. Yep. And uh, he's like, oh, yeah, do you think, you think you'll win? And he's like, oh, I'm not sure. Russians don't seem to like me very much, he said to the Minister of Sport. Uh, the guy, obviously, he's like, you know, pretty serious guy. He's like, and I was just in the background, like, <laughs> fucking died laughing. Uh, I, I, I will not be happy until Ty has convinced the Minister of Sport to do a shoey. <laughs> That's what we need. That's the kind of content that I'm looking for. I reckon they'll be preempting that and they'll be fucking hiding on event nights. If he wins, they'll run away. They'll know that he's going to be asking because he's met the like he's met all that government crew like three times now, so he'll be looking for. He's like, oh, what a menace. The after party. We'll get to the after party. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to do that. Oh, God. Can you imagine? Oh, the UFC deal would be would be ripped up into shreds faster than you can uh, say UFC. <laughs> yeah, they want to, <sighs> they'd want to get that. Uh, hopefully, that contract says it's locked in no matter what. Yeah, no, no matter what tied to Uvasa does to un- undermine the brand credibility. Just even like, you know, I assume there's, prob- there's probably at least 10, but maybe like 20 fairly important people in New South Wales government or even maybe Australian government that will be going to this event. It's like... I think it's an ox- oxymoron, mate. UFC. They're going to be like, what the people- fuck? In- important people and Australian government should not go in the same sentence. They're all, all, all a bunch of useless twats. No, but you're right. There's going to be a lot of dignitaries there. So it'd be pretty funny seeing their, their faces after that guy goes. I'm going to see Ty, Ty ch- chasing them around with, with, his, uh, with his painted shoey vassa. Come on. <laughs> oh, shit. We should get him to give them all. Yeah, 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 and and be like, it's it's extremely rude if you uh, if you don't take this, and uh, and use it for its intended purpose, which of course is to rip a couple of lagers. <laughs> we should just get him to uh, actually paint them like the indigenous flag because he's indigenous, and then those politicians are literally scared to say no to anything that's to do with indigenous. So those are like, all right, I guess we have to do. Yeah, well, that 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 would be a that would be a, a great look for a, for a community that has an overrepresentation with a, with a problems with alcohol to be seen cranking cranking shoeys with an indigenous I think, uh, All of it. Australia has an overrepresentation of having problems with alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> oh bloody hell! Yeah, all right. No, you make make a good point. Let's be like, okay, we're going to do it. It's... Let's say let's go. You go to England, right? A very small population of Australians in England compared to people from England. They all seem like drunks, don't they? <laughs> you go to yeah, any foreign that's... country, Australians just seem like they have a problem with alcohol. They do. 
Yeah, because they do. Mainly the fact that you can't handle Ledrake, especially when they're abroad. They're always the ones causing absolute chaos. Yeah, because everything's so um, so measured here that they drink, so they think they can drink heaps. But you go to other countries and it's just free pouring and shit, and Australians sort of falling over after three drinks. Oh, mate, I, that's one thing I do not miss is the uh, is the ridiculous rules around alcohol consumption, uh, especially in New South Wales. Absolutely cooked. Yeah, it's mental. Lucky I'm just a uh, should we talk health and I don't do that shit. Well, obviously, you can tell just by looking at you as well. But you definitely don't look like a, a weathered fisherman from the New England region who's just off hauling lobster and beating his wife and drinking vodka every day of the week. I look like an extra in the first Rocky movie. <laughs> You're just there to wipe up sweat in the gym. <laughs> hey, maybe maybe uh, you could get hired at a at a at Volk's gym. Was it what's it called? Freestyle? Is it freestyle MMA? What's yeah. it called? Yeah, freestyle. Yeah, you could be you turn up turn up in that outfit. I'm like, I'm just here to to clean up Volk's sweat, and I'm sure he'd hire you I'll immediately. Hold a spit bucket. <laughs> I, I I will be your spit bucket. Can I take, ah. can I take the bucket home, man? <laughs> My water press is stronger at home. And by clean, I just mean keep filling up my uh, my bathtub till it's uh, till it's ready for me. I'll bring it in the next morning. I'll be like, why is there a store in this? Uh... <laughs> 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 oh. Oh, uh, should we talk some fights? <laughs> yeah, I guess. I forgot about those. Um, obviously, a massive week for the UFC coming up. Uh, UFC 292. Anytime Sugar Sean O'Malley's involved in a in an event, it feels it feels big. It feels something special. Returning to Boston, so you know there's a few few names on there that you would expect to see. But I mean, we had a fight night. Um, the week weekend just gone. Uh, uh, what was his name? Rafael Tosanios against uh, Vicente Luque. Luque got a decision there, which, to be honest, I was surprised to see him do, but a, a really big win for, for Luque uh, uh, over fellow Brazilian RDA. Get, get, a, get a win like that over a legend of the sport. Future Hall of Famer is, is really exciting. There was a few good fights, a few good finishes. Overall, you know, the card the card was fine. Anything you wanted to pick out of that to, to talk about specifically, or should we just dive straight into 292? Honestly, it wasn't the greatest card. There was a few okay knockouts and stuff in the prelims, but I think I missed most of them. <laughs> <laughs> did you see did you see uh, Khalil Roundtree knock out Chris Dorcas? Yeah, 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 yeah. I did say that. That was pretty clean. Fuck that was jack. that that in terms of yeah, if we bring him back the uh, punch punch on Richter scale, Richter scale, Khalil Roundtree is uh making a statement alongside Aljo for, 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 you know, absolute monstrous physiques. He's a baddie. <laughs> he is a bad. You know what to be? A, 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 have they fought before? Has Khalil Roundtree fought Dustin Jacoby before? Has that happened? Because Jacoby's sure. coming off a win. That would be a really fun fight if they haven't fought before. Let me check that out. Jacoby Bryant. Yeah, oh no, they have, of course, of course. Oh, of course they have. I'm an idiot. That was when Jacoby needed to get the 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 knock the, the the knockout win and then decide to like try and wrestle him in the last round, if I remember. No, that was that was Wow, I completely memory hold that fight. Completely memory hold that fight. That was clip on the this. Calvin Cater. Oh what's that? We should clip this. This is just really showing off our knowledge. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Well, you know. It's it's the disclaimer. The disclaimer's in the top. Okay, so maybe it was a split decision, so they could run that fight back. Anyway, um, he said he wants the main event next, so yeah, I hope I hope they give it to him. That that, that would uh, be, be fun. He's peeled off four wins in a row now, so pretty inspe- impressive stuff by Khalil Radford Jr. Anyway, enough about that. Let's uh, let's stop um, pretending the fights didn't happen and so on and so forth, uh, or, or forgetting rather. Let's talk about USC two ninety two because we're sure. absolutely stacked pay per view on tap. Few, few fights have fallen off, which has sort of brought down the name value a little bit. Henry Cejudo, uh, obviously former champion, big name. Cody Garbrandt, former champion, big name. Both fallen off this card because of injury. But still, nonetheless, there's a lot of really exciting fights to talk about. Um, former champion Chris Weidman is making his return. We've got Chito Vera, who's a big name. Ian Gary, um, 
fighting uh, Neil Magny at short notice. But let's dive right into the main event, man, because this is this is absolutely massive. It's going to be Aljamain Sterling versus Sugar Sean O'Malley. They do not like each other. O'Malley is trying to wind up uh, wind up Aljamain Sterling. This is a this is a great main event, a true clash of styles, wrestler versus striker, and you you know. You, if, if, if Sean O'Malley is able to keep this standing somehow, he wins the fight. Or if he's able to be taken down and, and, and get back to the feet uh, without letting Aljo backpack him and hold him on the ground, he wins this fight. If Aljo is able to get to the ground and control the fight there, then he wins this fight. I think it's a very simple recipe for either guy. But before we dive into that exactly and maybe get a pick or how you see the fight playing out, there's been a lot of discussion recently around who is the bantamweight goat, who is the greatest 135er of all time. And some respected names have come out. Uh, John Anik, Ken and Florian uh, on their podcast su- suggested it. Of course, Sugar Sean O'Malley's saying it as well. He's calling Aljo the, the greatest of all time, setting himself up nicely for if, he, if he beats him. But I just don't see Aljo as the greatest bantamweight of all time. I mean, the best maybe, and like the most impressive win streaks and all of that kind of stuff. But, and I don't like to do this. Like I, I, I think he, I think Aljo is a superb fighter, but there's just something holding me back from being like, yeah, that guy's the greatest. I just can't get over Dominic Cruz at this point in time. What, what about you? Where do you land on this in this whole ultimately meaningless debate and conversation? This is what the podcast was made for: meaningless debate and conversation. <laughs> that that should be the new tagline. The new tagline for the Punchdrunk Podcast: meaningless debate and conversation. Tune in. It would have been a better name. Uh, <laughs> I think if those are the two names we're choosing from, it's probably like a historically kind of weak division, really. But out of those two, I'd pick Cruz for now. Yeah, I think I think also part of the problem is the, the and 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 why it seems a little bit weak is the the bantamweight division is relatively young. Um, in the in the UFC because it was the WEC for a while, and I think because they that, that weight class wasn't in the UFC, I do think you have to consider Dominic Cruz's accomplishments in the WEC alongside what he did in the UFC when you're looking at who's the greatest bantamweight of all time, which is why I give him the nod. The fact that he was able to come back from all of these injuries over and over again, the mental fortitude, the fact that he never took himself out of the USADA testicle, the fact that he's still competing and still one of the best in the world, you know, top 10, despite everything he's gone through, despite his age, all of that kind of stuff, I think gives him the nod. But a dominant win over Sugar Sean O'Malley and then maybe one more title defense, Aljo's knocking on the door and maybe even Dominic Cruz might... might uh, off his cap and say, yeah, what Aljo's done as a champion is incredible. But when you win the belt in the manner that he did, when you, you know, you beat a one-armed TJ Dillashaw, who should never have been in that fight, and then when you get a split decision win over a guy who's been out of the sport for, what, like two or three years, it's hard for me, even though they are title wins, to be like, oh yeah, you're the best, you're the, you're the greatest to ever do it. That being said... I do think he's a criminally underrated guy. And I do also think that this narrative or this push now to say, no, no, he's the greatest bantamweight of all time. I do. And it was very impressive against Hudo. Don't, don't uh, get me wrong. I do think it's because Aljo has been disrespected up until the Cejudo fight and his accomplishments sort of overlooked. But now we've got a bit of a pendulum swing back the other way. And everyone's like, no, no, no. See, we told you the whole time he was this great. He's actually the greatest of all time. And that's just typically what happens in, in arguments and, I'm pretty much in life, right? Pendulum swing back and forth and takes go from one extreme to the other. But what is uh, what is guaranteed, and there is absolutely no question mark, no debate about this, is that the fight that we've got in the main event of USC 292 is going to be brilliant. There, the, the personalities, the fighting styles, the ability, this one is going to be absolutely electric. So Adam, what do you see in this fight? How do you see it going down? And are you able to... Do you, do you think you can pick a winner one way or the other? Well, like immediately, I just, like you said, if it, if it stays on the feet, Sugar Sean will win. But I immediately, I just go, I don't think it will. Like, I think Aljo is easily good enough to make sure this fight doesn't uh, stay on the feet. And then yep. from there, you go, well, then Aljo's going to win. But he fought uh, Piotr Yarn and beat beat him, who is arguably better on the ground, but also lethal on the feet as well. But I just think Aljo's too good uh, 
too strong and he's going to take him down. And, uh, but like the Sugar Sean win against Peter Young was like very up in the air. You know, I think it wasn't convincing. It was a close decision victory. So I have to lean towards LJ. The mad thing is though, Sean O'Malley is, uh, you know, all of those, uh, you know, bullshit things aside, he is an incredible fighter. And I thought, yeah, I genuinely I thought I he was, I, I thought he was going to get waxed by Piotr Jan. And okay, it was a close fight. Wasn't a robbery, folks. It was a super, super close fight. And the fact that he was able to edge out and get a win over, over Jan, uh, especially using, using, staying on the feet, super, superb stuff. Because uh, Jan is a pretty good wrestler as well. Offensive wrestler, and uh, yeah, man, I was uh, I was super impressed by that performance. He went, okay, this guy does belong at the top of the top of the division to be able to get to be able to get a win like that. Now, the other thing as well, he, despite the persona he puts out, Sean O'Malley is an extremely intelligent dude, and he he has a wealth and he thinks about MMA in a very deep way, and he's also very intentional about all of the things that he does in his career, the matchups he takes, the content that he does. All of these things, he you know, he doesn't have a manager now. He he, he negotiates his own contract, so he doesn't give away eight or fifteen percent, whatever it is, to managers. Like he's a very smart dude. He knows what's up, and I think he's also known for a long time. Well, he certainly believed he was going to be champion. That he would have to go through Aljamain Sterling. So the the stuff he puts out, you see him doing all mad shit, and he's focusing on his striking a lot. He's a very very good jujitsu player. He like he does Brazilian jujitsu tournaments, and so he's not a slouch on the ground. He will have been preparing and drilling takedown defenses for a long, long time in preparation for this fight. We just really haven't had to see him use it or do it. But just because we haven't seen it, do, I just I just don't think that Sean O'Malley would allow himself to get to this level with such a gaping hole in his game. So I, I, I think we'll be surprised. I still think Aljo will be good enough to get him to the ground. I don't think it's going to be like, oh, zero, zero for eight takedowns or something like that. Aljo is going to be relentless. He's going to put him at the fence. He's going to trip him. He's going to drag him down. The question is, can Sean O'Malley use his, his jiu-jitsu and, and, and his defensive wrestling to be able to stuff half of those and then get back to his feet on the other occasions? And if he does, will he have the cardio? Now, Sean O'Malley, I think, I don't, will not have cardio problems. He doesn't have any muscle on his body. So I think he can go for days cardio-wise. It's, this is such an intriguing fight. They say all the time, styles make fights, and this is this is golden. This is such such a great opportunity. And what if you know what if Aljo comes shooting him for a takedown? And you know o- O'Malley is a sniper, throws a throws an uppercut or throws a knee, and is able to time it on Aljo. I mean, there's so many variables in this fight that make it just such a banger. And the fact that they don't like each other, the build up for this is going to be unbelievable. The press conference, the chirping at each other, they might get into some shit talk back and forth at the hotel. It's going to be tremendous. I am so excited for this fight, man. Yeah, it's a. It's a huge title fight, and like you just said, it's the perfect combination of styles. It's the perfect combination of personality, and yeah, Sugar Sean's been ready to headline a pay per view since he fucking signed his UFC contract. It just <laughs> hasn't been uh, a good idea until now. Yeah, yeah, to- totally. And you have to think though, like typically when someone's popular and then they get beaten, they take the the winner takes that popularity. Look at Dustin Poirier and what the wins over Conor McGregor have done for him and his star power. What this you know for a typically maligned and disliked champion in Aljamain Sterling, a, a dominant win over Sugar Sean O'Malley, and then some smack talk afterwards will put Aljo into a level of of, of fame and and popularity that he's not even come close to attaining yet. So. Yeah, huge stakes for for both of these gentlemen. And I'm curious, do you see Sterling staying in this weight class one way or the other, or do you think you see him? Do you think you see him uh, go, going up after this? Because if we look at the rankings, the only the only the only guy there that you could say has a legitimate shot next is is Marab, and we know he's not going to fight Marab. Corey Sanhagen's getting tricep surgery. Yarn's out of the picture. Okay, Marlon Marlon Vera got uh, is 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 fighting. Um, Pedro Munoz, but that shouldn't put him in in, in the title picture uh, either. And he's coming off a lopsided loss to Corey Sandhagen. So th- there isn't anyone left for Aljo once he beats Sean O'Malley, unless it's super close and they run it back. Yeah, as a as a fan, just as a general genuine fan, if Aljo lost the belt, I would love to see him fight Cheeto, like you know, for a number one contender fight, just because I love both right. those guys and be cool style. Right. But yeah, I guess he could go up, but then. Man, murderous row going up for that division. Yeah, but imagine him going up as champion, 
or like you know maybe he vacates the belt but he goes up as the the lineal champion sterling versus volk at 145 that's a brilliant fight champ versus champ yeah it's, if, if volk isn't going up that's probably the only other fight for him if he goes through to Poria, um which hopefully happens yeah. asap yeah it's it's looking more and more like Tapori will be the next fight for Volkanovski. Um, yeah, I think once Islam was locked in, there's no other real logical fight. No, no, there's no, and there's, you know, we talked about him maybe doing the BMF fight with Justin Gaethje. That would be really fun. Um, but that's a dangerous fight for Volk, and one one little mistake could could cost him. And then there goes his his rematch with Islam Makachev and all the money and you know potential to come with that. So. You know, staying at 145 pounds until, until uh, you know, an opportunity at 155 probably makes the most sense. I think. Volk would what's what's the most one? You reckon he would? Yeah, I reckon. He's just like too skilled. He's so skilled. Like, he's unbelievably skilled. He's more skilled than Gaethje. Abs- absolutely. It's just, um, yeah, you know, Gaethje's Gaethje's an animal. He hits like a truck. So, it's just this. Is that does that does that potential? Does that potential? Um, I like I like that some I like that somehow on a UST two ninety two preview we've ended up talking about Volkanovski yet again. <laughs> oh, we did talk about me slurping his sweat as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, forgot about that. I forgot about that. <laughs> we also do that every pod. <laughs> that means we absolutely have to leave that bit in now because we can't. We can't du- double edit. That's too much work. We've never double edited. We've never double edited a pod before, um, and we never will. That's a promise. That is that is a promise to the punch drunk audience. You will continue to get sub subpar content and awkward segments. <laughs> Release the tapes. Uh, <laughs> so who do you reckon will be president uh, next year? <laughs> Trump. Uh, yeah, yeah, de- definitely. Or, or, or of the UFC, Trump, Trump or Dana. <laughs> I reckon. I reckon Dana's gonna be president of the UFC until he dies. I mean, he's gonna be around for a while. That's for sure. Yeah, he just he's just crack, like... crack. He's cranking stuff up with with power slap. With he's brought back looking for a fight. Which, by the way, I don't know if you've watched that episode. It's, it's unbelievably oh, good. Is it? They go, yeah, they go to Boston. It's brilliant. It's a really good episode of looking for a fight. What about? Um, um... Did you watch Power Slap? No, I didn't watch Power Slap. <laughs> Fucking get around it. It's awesome. <laughs> uh, Adam, you said you had a lot of emails to read just before we jumped on. Was that another uh, uh, email from Dana, a reminder to all employees? Please shill Power Slap on any piece of content that you do. <laughs> um, yeah, basically. Did you see the video yeah. of Dana and Mike Tyson? <laughs> Uh, getting around. He was. I don't know what pod that was. I don't think it was. Mike it's Mike Tyson's pod. pod. Hot, yeah, oh, I'm pretty sure was. it's Mike Tyson's pod. Hot, hot boxing. Yeah. Oh, this looked like a strange place to have it. But anyway, did you see the video of Dana talking about like the hip hop artists he liked back in the day, in like the late eighties, early nineties, and then Mike Tyson just starts singing Bon Jovi. <laughs> but the best bit about it, uh, Dana White's like, "That's Bon. That's Bon Jovi. That's not hip hop." And he's just like. Basically, he was so dismissive of Mike Tyson. Like, no one in the world speaks to Mike Tyson like he's an absolute idiot. So dismissive because it's Mike Tyson and Dana White. It's just like, no, Mike. But then he also down. gave him some power slap brass knuckles after that. <laughs> I didn't see that. <laughs> How much money <sighs> would you need to be paid to cop a from Mike Tyson with power slap brass knuckles on as well. So this is, no, I, I, most people would die. Like most people would, yeah, like they would shatter your daughter not, will be rich for the rest of her life. I think, I think having a present father figure is more important in her life than, than, than a couple what of quid. I'll be honest. You. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, I walked into that one. <laughs> I did I did set myself up for that one oh imagine how good this pod would be if we actually like planned content <laughs> yeah and I didn't have fucking ADHD and just start going on <laughs> tangents 
Oh, oh like they're potentially the best. But, but okay, we've got to talk about it now because it ties into Power Slap. But the the looking for a fight episode, they go and stay at this hotel, which back in the day, Dana was a was a bellboy at. It was like his first job in Boston when he was like 18, 19. So it's like as part of the bit, they they got him an outfit and he waits at the hotel for Matt Serra and Dean Thomas. And they go into the lobby and it's his job to go and greet them and take his luggage. And Matt Serra just sees him and goes, shit, look who it is. He goes, I guess Power Slap didn't work out then. And it was... <laughs> And Dana loses it. Dana's like in, in pieces. But you could definitely just tell what Matt Sarah's like, I just don't fucking get power slap. Like it was just, it was, it was an unbelievable, unbelievable line. I was talking to our BB uh, on the Wednesday about Brendan Bradford for those who don't know the uh, combat sports journalist. And I messaged him on Wednesday about something else, like uh, an article he'd written. And he goes, he messaged me back. He's like, you watching Power Slap? Super heavyweights are about to go down. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I'm a convert because he went to the event in Vegas when it was on. Oh, so and, yeah. Uh, yeah, funny story. Long story short, he got um, food poisoning from the prawns at Power Slap. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, he, I'm uh, sorry. I'm sorry, BB. I've got to... I've got to, A, good, like, that's hilarious that he's a combo, but B, what's the decision-making involved when you go, hmm, I'm going to eat the prawns in a desert at an event where men are just slapping each other in the face? Yeah, it's just, that is just, you are begging for some kind of salmonella or food poisoning. What are we talking about? Prawns at a slapping event in the desert when it's 45 degrees outside. Yeah, the other guy was with Nick Walshaw, who's also a good... Um, Aussie journalist. He uh, he's a ripper bloke, absolute legend. And he, I was talking to him about it the other day. And he's like, "Yeah, I've got a golden rule. Yeah, if you can't see the ocean, don't eat the seafood." But <laughs> fuck, I was hungry. Oh, <laughs> <sighs> uh, but yeah, I think it was. seats cage side for UFC 290 and all I could think about was am I going to shit myself <laughs> oh man though it's the absolute worst thing when you uh you you got food poison like if if you like if I sneeze I'm gonna paint everything behind me in in brown like <laughs> oh, anyone else hard <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> nope just you adam as per usual <laughs> um so i think we covered the main event so good we've got we've got through one one fight on this 14 fight cards probably not gonna have time to cover more um but current main event we've also got a title shot oh, and uh Jean- we've covered the important topics diarrhea power slap <laughs> seafood Volk sweat. <laughs> oh, um, right, let's talk Zhang Wei Li versus Amanda Lemos. I mean, this is um, this is, is a a real nice fight. I, I I'm picking Zhang Wei Li. She's a, she'll be a favorite. She's a dominant champion, but I just I just don't think that there's going to be um, Amanda Lemos has got enough of a well of a game to 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 uh, to threaten here threaten her. And I was surprised with her win Amanda Lemos's win over Jessica Andrade. Uh, admittedly and then i went and looked and uh jessica andrage has um wait no i'm completely i'm completely mixing things up here wait when did she fight the as per- perfect content again no that's 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 yan jao nan who i that's right that's yan jao nan who i think will get the next title shot but but uh, amanda lemos uh, got the shot because she beat um who did she beat? she beat marina rodriguez a very impressive performance absolutely very impressive performance again uh to 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 stop Marina Rodriguez, takes a record to 13-2 and 1, and she gets a shot against Zhang Wei Lin. Uh, Zhang Wei Li, if we go over to the rankings, we could see uh but she, she's only ranked fifth. Um, but because Carla Esparza is is semi-retired, Rose has gone up to flyweight to fight Manon Firo in, in, in Paris. Yan Zhao Nan, which everyone thought, who everyone thought would get the next shot, uh, has got to wait her turn after her very impressive performance over Jessica Andrade. So we get Amanda Lemos. 
I just don't see any other outcome here than, than Zhang Wei Li winning this fight, to be honest. And this isn't, this is, you know, when we were like, oh, there's absolutely no way that Valentina Shevchenko is going to lose this fight. Well, there's absolutely no way Amanda Nunes is going to lose this fight. I think the differentiating factor, differentiating factor here is that Zhang Wei Li has not been champion consecutively for, for years and years and years. Is not growing tired. It's continuing to evolve and develop and is not overlooking anyone because she's still at that phase in her career where she's still like, I've got to hold on to this. And she hasn't beaten everyone and cleaned out the division and gotten relaxed or gotten, you know, overconfident about what she can accomplish. So I I, I really do think this should be a pretty easy, easy win for Zhang Weili. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I think I think I've said it a fair few times in this pod too. I was just surprised that she hasn't been the champ five years straight. I was yeah. surprised that Zhang Wei Li has lost any fights. I think she's easily the best in that division then. So, yeah, I think she wins too. Easily. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 awesome. I, I, she's unbelievable, man. She's unbelievable. And I think that sets up a great all-Chinese fight between her and Yan Zhaonan, which uh, Mr. Freudian slip at the beginning uh, maybe hinted could happen in Shanghai. Who knows? I don't think that's sort of that's what I was alluding to, mate. But, you know, take from it what you will, you fucking <laughs> Twitter lord. I will take that. I will take that as uh, my sources have confirmed the UFC is working on, on a, an event in Shanghai in 2024. <laughs> oh, it's on the record that your source is not me. <laughs> it's, okay, I'll, I'll find someone else. <laughs> oh, shit, that's the other thing BB did. He might have he might have written a story and uh, published it uh, a little bit earlier than the UFC would have liked. <laughs> what story was that? I was away for it all. I missed it all. Um, I'm glad I did too. Would have been in the middle of it, but I think he just confirmed Strickland versus Izzy before the UFC even confirmed Strickland versus Izzy. Oh, did uh, did Izzy give him the uh... telegraph? Oh wow. What a what a legend! <laughs> He's about to get the Ariel Helwani treatment. Oh, everyone at News Corp. He didn't say it. He didn't say this. Really, but I bet you everyone at News Corp is loving him right now. That's journalism at its finest, mate. <laughs> you love to see it. You love to see it. Uh, right, Coco main event or the featured bout is in Gary. Uh, another change here. Uh, because he was supposed to be fighting Jeff Neal, which I think everyone was looking forward to because Jeff Neal is serious. Instead, he fights the ultimate gatekeeper of gatekeepers, um, Neil Magny. And, man, we all know what Ian, Ian Neil Magny is going to try to do. He's going to try and get hold of him, take him to the ground and try and wrestle him and submit him. But it is still a fight up in the rankings for Ian Gary. And really, a good win over Neil Magny um, is almost as good as a win over Jeff Neal. So this shouldn't slow him down. What will be interesting, though, is it is it is a complete change in the game plan and style of opponent. So if Ian Gary is able to do this on short notice, switch up his game and beat and beat Neil Magny, people need to start realizing that this guy is the real freaking deal because that will be ultra impressive if he's able to do that. Yeah, love <clears throat> love watching Gary fight as well. Super, I'm super glad that he got another opponent. I think he's just a bit of a hype train that everyone's on. And if he keeps getting the wins, he's probably going to keep paying attention. Very marketable. He, he, yeah, he certainly is undefeated. Um, just peeling off back-to-back -back, uh, stoppage wins, impressive stoppage wins. Okay, okay. Song Kinan, not a super high-level opponent, but to put away Daniel Rodriguez as quickly as he did and as impressively as he did, that was certainly something. If he can then do that to Neil Magny, because that's the thing, he can't just beat Neil Magny and and stifle his way to a decision because of you know it, what what Neil Magny presents. He's 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 got to he's got to beat him. Look at the guys that have. Have, uh, that have recently um, beaten uh, Neil Magny. And it's top-level guys. It's Shavkat and it's Gilbert Burns, both who submitted Neil Magny. If he can keep it on the ground and knock out Neil Magny, you go, okay, Ian Gary is serious because Neil Magny only loses to the best of the best. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Uh, Marlon Vera versus Pedro Munoz. Man, this is going to be a fun fight. I feel for Chido Vera because... A win over Pedro Munoz doesn't catapult him back into into the title picture. Whereas, you know, had he been able to beat Henry Cejudo, which was a massive, massive if, um, that that's a, a completely different, you know, you know fo follow up or you know, uh, the, the the consequences of of that win would be so so much more significant for his career. 
this is going to be a fun fight though because Pedro Munoz is a is a is a tough competitor, man. Leg kicks like an absolute gangster. This one's going to be really really fun. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Pedro Munoz is um he's coming off a, a strong win over Chris Gutierrez. He obviously had that no contest with Sean O'Malley because of the eye poke. Uh, and I think if uh, Munoz would, was to beat Vera and O'Malley loses, I think you run that fight back. I give you, you, Pedro Munoz has earned the opportunity to get a second crack at Sean O'Malley. I think that fight makes itself if O'Malley loses and Pedro Munoz wins. That would be really, really fun to do and, and to see. But I think Cheeto Vera, I, the Cheeto Vera that we saw uh, in his last outing against Corey Sandhagen just wasn't the Cheeto Vera that we'd seen up until that when he peeled off four wins over David Grant, Frankie Yeager, Rob Font, and Dominic Cruz. He just he just didn't look himself. I'm picking Chito Vera to get back in the win column here and do something impressive over Pedro Munoz and and then call out and get the Henry Cejudo fight. Because that's a, that could be that could headline a main event uh, of a of a fight night, maybe in Arizona, or it could be co-main event of a of a pay-per-view event in the future as well. So um yeah I'm very very excited to see what, what Chito Vera can can do here. Yeah me too man and just a massive fan of Chito one of those guys that everyone seems to love but I hope he gets up yeah that that fight his last fight against Sandhagen was an anomaly for him as he was lying in he just looked like he, the energy had been sucked out of him from like the first minute yeah you wonder if he'd had a bad weight cut or anything I, I didn't hear I don't think I heard anything about it um yeah I'm not sure I'm not sure but even he said basically straight away you know I think from memory his coaches were just like screaming at him too at the end of the yeah, and he just like, do something. And it, yeah, and I think it took him to like late in the fourth or early in the fifth to like throw, do a blitz and actually try and do something. It was a it was a weird one, man. And that was one of the judges gave the fight to Vera, and everyone was like, "What the fuck are you talking about? That's you absolute head, yeah, he, yeah, absolute head case." Um, mate, may, perhaps the fight for I guess nostalgia reasons and human interest. Perhaps the fight I'm looking forward to most on this card is the return of Chris Weidman, and he's fighting Brad Tavares, former champion. Just seems like a great dude. Like everyone likes Chris Weidman. He's fun. He does the weigh-in shows from time to time. He's got since the broken leg. This is the first fight since the broken leg, and interestingly enough, like Conor McGregor, and we'll talk about him a little bit later. It's been it's been longer than we expected, but Chris Weidman has had the same injury, basically the same injury. And it's been, it's been well over two years now. It will be two years, two years and four months, uh, basically since since he broke his leg. That's how long it properly takes to rehab from this shit. Now I don't know whether Chris Weidman is on the human growth hormones or whatever supplements Conor McGregor's been taking outside of the USADA testing pool to help repair that leg. It doesn't look like Chris Weidman's necessarily been on that same routine from at least his physique and change or the other changes that may or may not have been happening to him physically. Um, but nonetheless, it's been a long road for Chris Weidman, a long road back. And this this is it for him now. If he comes in and loses loses this fight, I think we see him walk away. I think he's made his money, he's got his gym. Um, you know, he can do he can do media, he's a personable guy. I think his future is secure. But in terms of of, of competing and fighting, this is this 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 is probably it for Chris Weidman. Coming back, if he doesn't get a win over Brad Tavares, who, you know, with all due to Due respect to Brad Tavares isn't isn't a contender. I don't think I don't think Brad Tavares is is ranked. Um, he's he's not. The this 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 should be hang him up time for Chris Weidman because he's thirty nine. He's thirty nine years old. He's about to turn forty years old this year. So you know, Father Time is undefeated as as the saying goes. And if Chris Weidman can't bring it back and beat be Brad Tavares, then there's no point in him continuing to fight and take more damage and. You know, he wants one. He's made it very clear. He's got a young family. He wants to be able to play with his kids and all of that kind of stuff. And so, but if he comes back and puts a beating on Brad Tavares and takes him down and grounds and pounds him and finishes him in round one, you go, oh, okay, okay. Now we're not maybe talking title run right away, but we're talking about a big name guy, Chris Weidman, a very convincing win over Brad Tavares. It wouldn't surprise you to get a ranked opponent, someone like an Andre Muniz or a Chris Curtis. Um, Someone, um, or even even Paul Craig, Paul like so, someone like that. I know Paul Craig is looking up the rankings, but imagine if the UFC returns to Glasgow and does Paul Craig versus former champion Chris Weidman in the main event, five rounds, 
wrestler versus BJJ guy who loves to be off his back. That would be an interesting fight, but but it would require Chris Weidman to do his bit and get a big win now and maybe one more fight be, before the end of the year. Uh, just just to to make sure he's got his confidence back. He's he gets he's been out of the cage for a long time. Probably got a lot of mental demons from from what's happened to him. But this 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 has got me super intrigued, man. I really really like Chris Weidman, and I really want to see him do well here. Which is tough because Brad Tavares is a likable guy. I don't think anyone dislikes Brad Tavares, but you know this 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 is this is make or break for for Chris Weidman's fighting career. So I'd like to see him get the win. Make or break, eh? Oh. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, but you pointed it out. <laughs> uh, yeah, but you were thinking it. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd love to see him win as well. I honestly forget what he even looks like. <laughs> I remember where I was when that leg break happened, though. It's one of those moments. Exactly, I was in a pub. No shit. I think it was. It was during COVID. Mm. Was it? Yeah, twenty April twenty twenty, April twenty twenty one. Yeah, right. Yeah. So you were back down in Melbourne because you went down down during COVID, didn't you? Yeah, but pub, pubs must have been open, so it might have been one of those in between periods. Yeah, because it was it was a uh, it was at UFC it was at UFC Jacksonville. I think it was the first Masvidal hard back. Usman. Yeah, I think it was the first card back in front of fans, maybe. Yeah, Usman slept Masvidal. It was that card, I reckon. Was April it April 25, one? maybe? Was it Anzac Day? Yeah, you, yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you're right. April 24, so it would have been Anzac Day. It would have been Anzac Day in Australia, 15,000 people. And I think it was the first full capacity, first time, yeah, full capacity crowd available. This was it, yeah. Yeah, I remember exactly where I was. I uh I was w- watching that in the in in the old old uh, apartment in Arncliffe. Traitorous scum. <laughs> <laughs> For those that don't understand that, Lewis used to live from where I am right now, about two kilometers away, maybe three, and now he lives fucking how many thousand? Oh sh- Quite qu- quite a few. Shit. What what, what suburb suburb are you in now? I'm in St. Peter's now. Ah, okay. Anyway, no one gives a fuck about that. <laughs> um, right, moving on. We both want to see Chris Weidman win. Tell you what, I'm really again another one of my favorite fighters. Just dude, just just is an absolute banger. Doesn't care. Is um is uh Gregory Rodriguez, Robocop, super fun fighter, uh, knockout power, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, uh, black belt, just just a. A, a really, really a fun dude coming off a knockout loss over Bruno Ferreira, who I was, I was surprised about that. And then, um, yeah, um, but he, he was undefeated up until that point. But but Gregory uh, coming in off the contender series, and, and he got and he got Rodriguez. I really hope Rodriguez can get this back against uh, Dennis Tolulin. Tolulin, I think it's pronounced. So that's going to be a fun fight. And then the rest of the card, man, is um, there's a few there's a few interesting fights on there. We've got the uh, Ultimate Fighter finale, one of them, Andre Petrovsky against Gerald Mishart. But everyone's fa- new favorite female fighter it has to be Natalia Silva. Um, if you haven't seen Natalia Silva fight, you should do so. I think she's undefeated. Um, and she should be ranked as well. Let's see where she's ranked in the flyweight division. Natalia Silva. is not. She's not ranked? Holy shit, Natalia Silva is not ranked. She's fighting Andrea Lee, who is ranked at 13. Right, so this is the fight to get her into the rankings. And uh, yeah, I think she, I think she's gonna, I think she's gonna, uh, I think she's gonna beat uh, Andrea Lee pretty, pretty convincingly. Natalia Silva is, uh, she's the real deal, man. She's a baddie. <laughs> she's on a extremely long winning streak. Looks like three, six, nine. So this will be she's going for a tenth fight in a row. Uh, she's three and three and zero in the in the UFC. Uh, two consecutive stoppages coming up, fighting Andrea Lee, who is a veteran of this game, ranked for a reason. She's been around for a long time, and so um, yeah, if uh, Andrew, but she's she's coming off two losses as well, and if she loses this fight to Natalia Silva, this is Andrea Lee falling out of the rankings, and she'll never come back. Um, so yeah, uh, really good card, really really good card, and they're looking for a replacement for for Mario Bautista because he was supposed to be fighting. Um, Cody Garbrandt, but but obviously he he's fallen it's off. So they're moment, looking. Step in. 
get me down to 135 pounds, cut off both of my legs, and then have me, have me weight cut as well, and we'll get there. Cut off that middle leg, mate. We'll get there. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, that was it, mate. Anything else you want to call out on the card? Anything else you want to you want to talk about before we move on to a bit of news? No, no, nothing at all. Right. So big news over the weekend. Conor McGregor was at the Anthony Joshua event. He was on one. The event, bro, he I, was... I didn't watch the event. The amount of shit I've said on social media today of him talking about... Bro, every... He jumped into the ring afterwards and was pouring stout like... down Anthony Joshua's face. <laughs> Have you ever met a guy that's just that complex? Have you ever seen a guy that's just... Comp- like he would just go and do anything, anywhere, anytime. Yeah, because he's like I'm Conor. Yeah, it's it's mad. He's 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 completely unhinged. He's completely off the rails. And then he says that he's fighting Michael Chandler in December, and that's gonna happen. And you go, oh, okay. Um, I hope so. It'll be the the thirty the thirty year happens. anniversary. Of course, we all hope it happens. But it also means that he's completely gonna buy test bypass the USADA testing pool because the UFC will give him an exemption as long as he pisses two clean tests. He doesn't have to be in it for six months. Of course, the UFC is going to give him that exemption. He's Conor friggin' McGregor, and they'll come up with some reason that he was, you know, he was on the last round of some kind of treatment from a doctor for his leg, and that's why he couldn't go in USADA. And now he's pissed clean a couple of times. We're confident. Da 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 da. da. And Michael Chandler will say, "I don't care." Da 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 da. But actually, do we actually think that the fight happens, man? I mean, he's saying in December we're 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 four months away from from that event. UFC, it's the UFC 30th anniversary card, which I think is going to be, um, wait, no, that's November. Okay. Yeah, that's the MSG so, one. That's Jones. That's Jones. Okay. So what's the one in December? It'll just be the last card of the year. Yeah. I, um, I've, my, uh, my new boss, Peter Kloschko, head of the UFC in Australia, told me a few months ago, if, like, he's like, uh, any any fight that like if you see like fighters going back and forth on Twitter, he's like those fights never happen. So that's my and, and I'm like it, 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 I'm like yeah that's actually not a bad point. Like the one of them was the most recent one was Izzy and Drickus. He's like he's like once he saw them because we were all internally as well we were all like for a while like who's he gonna fight like when's the fight gonna happen? And uh, once he saw Izzy and Drickus going back and forth on Twitter, he's like that fight won't happen. It's not happening. Why, why, why is that? Why is that so? Do you think it's because the UFC doesn't want fighters making their own fights and they no, want to be able think, to? No, no, it's nothing to do with that. I just think that that's why they go back and forth because both of them know they're not going to fight each other. Um, ah, okay. Else, you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, yeah so it's kind of like a free. Is me just being like, all right, that fight's never happening. <laughs> the one thing I will say though, like up until the last few years, when Conor McGregor said something was happening. It happened. He used to be one of the most bankable. Like he was like, "We're gonna, f- I'm gonna rematch Nate at 170. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that." And it always happened because his star power was big enough that he could dictate the terms on what things happened. And recently, the back and forth he was having with Ch- with Chandler on Twitter was that he wasn't gonna fight him. That was seemingly the. But now he's he's confirmed. Well, then and maybe that's the that proves the theory too. Then that their their back yeah. and forth on Twitter was that they weren't gonna fight. So it means they are. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. But but did you see what he said? He came out and he said he'll fight Chandler in December, then he'll fight Justin Gaethje, and then he'll do the Nate trilogy. Now, what's interesting is none of those are title fights, right? So he... I, obviously, I want to watch him fight a million more times, but why does he want to do this? It is, just makes no sense to me. I mean, he wants the BMF belt. He doesn't like Justin Gaethje, and he wants to settle the trilogy with Nate He's as well. And I'm sure Lamborghini yacht. That, that is a BMF belt. <laughs> It is though. You don't need to fucking. You don't need to fight for a BMF belt. Yeah, man. But so, so do you actually think the fight with 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 Chandler materializes? Do you think it actually happens? I hope so. I hope they fucking fight. Oh no, we, I don't know. We all hope so. But like, okay, what would you rate the percentage chance of it happening at? I literally would say zero. Right? <laughs> like, I just can't see McGregor fighting this year bro he just he just doesn't look like he's in shape and ready to go and like every time you see him he's drinking every time <laughs> every time but that could be a little bit of trickery too you know like uh, it very much could be it very much could be um who knows what he's gotta be when the cameras aren't on 
That's true. Go. That's true. I mean, I watched a very interesting video uh, on YouTube of someone pointing out some uh, some character traits and some 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 movements and the way he was behaving um, when he did that sit down interview with Ariel Hawani at the Blackboard Gin. Well, and, imagine uh, the um, yeah yeah imagine the cocaine you get as well though. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's probably it, yeah. I was going to say the stuff he gets is of the highest quality. It's actually good for him. Yeah. <laughs> oh bloody hell! Um, so yeah, that was the big news from Conor McGregor. Um, yeah, and I suppose so we haven't done a pod since, and we, you just sort of glossed over it there. But big news is that the main event for UFC 293 in Sydney has been confirmed, and it will be Izzy versus Sean Strickland. And people are getting upset about this card, man. And like from an Aussie fight fan, fan perspective, I don't know what you can be upset about if you're an Aussie New Zealand fight fan, because every fight has got an Australian or a New Zealand fighter in. I'm not sure what people want. Yeah, and. You all fucking bought tickets before the main event was announced anyway. So, like, what are you complaining <laughs> about? I mean, yeah, this this is this won't be the bout order, but you've got Izzy, you've got Ty, Jamie Balaki, Kai Kara France, Carlos Ulberg, Tyson Pedro, Justin Taffer, Jack Jenkins, Shane Young, and Blood Diamond. Like, and there will be more fights added to it. Not sure whether we'll get Jack Della on there because the UFC is struggling to get some the, an appropriate opponent because uh, of all the taxes and stuff. People, fighters want big money, so questionable whether we'll see Kevin Holland or anyone like that uh, fighting fighting uh, Jack Della. Unfortunately, as if, as if but, you don't want like from the fighter perspective, one like that's a for Holland to say that's such a good fight, and then you get a free trip to Sydney, and everyone yeah, like it's just like, but if you. But like the, the the taxes, the big taxes are a big difference from fighting in Australia, where you have to withhold I think it's forty five percent, and then offset it against your federal income tax in America, versus zero percent state tax in in Nevada or Florida or somewhere else, and then you just pay your federal income taxes in America. It probably works out ultimately a, a good a good fifteen to twenty percent difference on your on your paycheck. So well, the the Aussie fighters would have to deal with fucking all the Australian taxes every time they. Yeah, but it's different for non non. And we're getting into tax talk here, which is super exciting. Straight but essentially, they they are ta- they're taxed as like regular like as Australian res- tax residents, which they are. So it goes through the progressive bracket. So even if if you know even if they earn 150k on on that fight, it still goes it, it goes through the bracket. So only only above a certain amount of their income is taxed at the highest level. Whereas for non-residents, they're taxed at the withholding rate, which is 45%. And then they can work it out with their with their with their own tax return to get some of it back through um, through the through the double taxation uh, agreements yeah. which countries have. So it is easier. Um, and then the same, but it, for the for the Aussie fighters when they go, they uh, overseas, they'll put their foreign income into their Australian tax return and get a tax credit for the tax that they paid in another country and, and reduce it as well. So it is uh, Australia is a, a tougher place for people for, for fighters to come. So the UFC just has to give them a little bump. That's all. Please just fucking fight. Do you really care that much? Just fight. <laughs> hey Adam, tomorrow you're going to go to work, but you're actually going to get paid twenty percent less for doing the exact same job. Yeah, but if my if if I was guaranteed that if I the task that I had to do, i.e. fight someone, if I complete that task and win, then I'm gonna be up the rankings and basically get a technically just get an instant promotion by winning the fight. Yeah, I would fucking do that. <laughs> Alright, fair enough. <laughs> but I'm not gonna fight anyone. Yeah, just just so we're clear, Adam is not fighting anyone. Except is it just Volkanos. If there's you know, a carrot at the end, which is, you know, you go up in the rankings. Kevin Holland beat Jack Della. That would be like, everyone would be like, holy fuck. I think he would as well. We talked about this before. I think, I think it, I, you know, and which is not a knock on Jack Della. We all know how much uh, we're a fan of him on this podcast. I just think Kevin Holland is serious, serious business at 170 pounds and he's just got a, a ton of experience. So yeah, I think that would be a, a great fight. Um, anything else you, uh, you wanted to talk about before we wrap things up or should we get on out of here? I'm hungry. Let's go. <laughs> good good a reason as any to bring a pod to a close. Adams has been great. Tell the people what they need to know. 
Uh, you can find us at Punch Drunk Pod on Instagram, Punch Drunk Pod underscore on Twitter, Punch Drunk Pod on YouTube. Like, subscribe, watch, masturbate. Uh, Punch Drunk Pod on Spotify and Apple. Give us five stars um, if you like. And if you're into ASMR, also masturbate. Uh, <laughs> you can follow Lewis Glover MMA on Twitter. Uh, other than that, Thank you for listening. This is our last ever episode. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Natalia Silva as well, if you're interested. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess to sign us off um, and just to go full circle with this whole thing, can't wait to go to Shanghai. I mean, Singapore next week. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, I don't know when we're, we're not going to be able to record, but hey, maybe one from, from Singapore would be cool. I'll let you know. It would be cool. Hopefully not as crazy Hi, bro. as International Fire Week. Given it's a fire it should be quite, It should be a bit quieter. Hopefully, hopefully. But uh, there's less staff, you know, so this means more work, etc. So we'll see what happens. Hi, bro. All right, bro. Peace. Peace.